everybody to the Charlotte USA podcast. This is Brett Spader. We hope you're having a great day so far. We're excited to bring you more news and information from the Charlotte breed and the American International Charlotte Association. And obviously, as we continue to go through fall, there's a lot of exciting things to talk about within the breed as we get ready for the November board meeting. And one of those areas that we're going to discuss at the November board meeting is the arrival of two new members to the team. We have David B. Zach, the director of Charlay Beef Marketing, and Stacy Rinker, who's the director of Charlay Beef Promotion. And so we're delighted to have them on the podcast today to share some of their insights, talk a little bit more about ways that they envision progress in terms of, of beef promotion in and around this great breed of cattle and get to know them a little bit more. So David and Stacy, welcome to the Charlay USA podcast. Thank you. Brett. Well, ladies first, Stacy. maybe let's hear a little bit about your background. We'd love to, to hear about, about uh, your work history and some of the tools and attributes that you bring to this new role created at AICA. Yeah, of course. Uh, so I grew up in northeastern Illinois on a purebred cow-calf operation. Um, so I've had cattle my whole life. Um, from there, I went to college at the Illinois State University. I was a double major in animal science and animal industry management. My first job right out of college, I worked for JBS as a management trainee uh, at their poultry facility down in um, Kentucky. So that was, uh, that's Pilgrims. It's the, the side of JBS for their poultry. Um, with that job, I trained on all of the live operations as well as everything in the plant from uh, the harvest kill floor all the way down to uh, the debone shipping area. So I got a lot of experience um, for with the plant operations with that job. After that, I found myself back in Illinois, uh, where I worked at the Illinois Beef Association as the Director of Outreach and Promotions. Uh, there at the Beef Association, I worked on a various number of areas, uh, so including membership, uh, beef checkoff promotions, uh, event management, planning, uh, junior events and involvement, and then also um, I worked on all the BQA trainings throughout the state of Illinois. And then for the past four years, uh, I was at Maiden Marketing um, as an account executive. Uh, I managed multiple Tyson Fresh Meats brands and channels there, strategically developing marketing plans uh, to help move their business forward. And specifically the last two years at Maiden, I oversaw all of Tyson Fresh Meats international marketing efforts. So I worked with uh, the 12 international Tyson offices and developed marketing plans for each of their regions uh, and executed tactics for their beef and pork customers. So that's my work experience. And then just another a little quick background about me is myself, my husband, and my daughter, we run our own cow-calf operation here in central Illinois. Um, and we also background small groups groups of calves uh, at various times. So just a little bit about me. Wonderful. Sounds like quite a resume. Thank you, Stacy. <laughs> David, we'll pass the baton over to you. Tell us a little bit more about your background, please. Yeah, thanks, Brett. I am from Wichita, Kansas, where I went to Wichita State uh, with a degree in integrated marketing communications. And, and from there, I went to Cargill, where I spent uh, just short of a decade uh, working at Cargill, all of that in marketing beef. So I touched um, throughout that career, touched most of the beef brands that Cargill produces um, from retail brands to food service brands. 
um, supporting the Cargill customers uh, and distribution organizations throughout the country and even some international. Um, so whether that was premium beef brands, commodity beef, multicultural brands, had a chance to get a good experience working um, across the board with Cargill. Um, from there, I then spent a little bit of time at Whole Foods Market, and I helped launch one of their retail stores. Um, and there, I had the opportunity to work with small food producers, um, kind of in the, in the Wichita area, in the region here, helped bring them into the Whole Foods Market supply chain. And uh, it's there I kind of got a chance to learn about the smaller food brands uh, and kind of the, that niche market, which I found interesting. And then most recently, I've been doing consulting and freelance work, uh, mostly with startups, uh, small food businesses in the food, uh, food and beverage industry. So it's been developing brands, uh, creating marketing strategy, utilizing consumer insights to help these small food brands grow and commercialize their operations. And then um, also recently, I've been working with uh, ranchers and helping educate uh, the ranching community about how to go direct to consumer marketing uh, as we see that continue to grow and, and folks looking for other opportunities to market their beef. So I found that really rewarding. Wonderful. So again, so great to have you guys on today. Um, Stacy. why don't you tell me a little bit more about what drew you to this position? Yeah. Um, so I've always wanted to get back directly working with the producer side. Um, and I, I saw this uh, job posting out there and I thought it would just be a really great tie um, to actually all my past job experiences. I felt like it was a really great mix of all of them. Um, and come to find out it's the perfect match for me, I feel. So I'm really excited uh, to continue on uh, the work that David and I've been uh, doing so far. Wonderful. Same question to you, David. What was what was alluring about looking at this position and, and joining the team? Well, certainly it was a great opportunity to get back in the beef industry where I kind of started my marketing career. So that was that was appealing for one. But, you know, I think Stacy probably can relate as marketers were curious people. And so, um, you know, marketers try to solve problems and tell stories and create demand. And that's really what it seems like um, we're, we're going to be doing. And so, you know, it's the size of the opportunity. Um, it's a big opportunity. Um, it's a chance to make a big, big impact on the cattle industry as a whole, and especially, um, our Charlet members and breeders and producers. And so, you know, just the chance that we're going to be able to help them in some way grow their business, I think is the rewarding aspect of it. So all of those things combined, um, has have really, you know, it's made me say, hey, this is the right role and the right position for me. Wonderful. Well, as you guys, as you guys start to come in, and I know you're just getting started, what gets you excited about this role? Are there, are there any early opportunities? I know um, you've already had some meetings uh, with some packers. I guess, tell, tell us a little bit more about that. Tell us a little bit about what you see in terms of this first 90 days of, of kicking things off to a great start. Stacy, I'll let you begin. So first off, um, some early insights that I have seen um, and just just kind of knowing the industry, we know that um, the demand for beef is not going away. Um, in fact, it's actually continuing to grow as the herd population continues to decrease. So this is where I feel like the Charlotte beef uh, can really begin to take a front seat and to meet the consumer's growing demand for high quality beef. 
And as we all know, Charlotte cattle excel in those terminal traits like feed efficiency and conversion. Um, so with the herd size on the downslide, and it's not coming back anytime soon, as we know, uh, that I really feel like our advantage here um, and things that we should be looking at is really having those feed yards utilize more Charlotte genetics to increase their cattle's feed conversion to put more pounds on faster with less resources. Uh, so I really think that that is um, going to be the way to really meet consumers' growing demand for high quality beef moving forward. Uh, so that's just one of the, the quick things that I've come to learn here. Wonderful. David, how about you? Have you noticed any particular opportunities that are really standing out to you right now? Yeah, I, I think the biggest one that I'm, I'm hearing time and time again is, is we're just getting into this role is um, the, the efficiency of the cattle and how that translates into a more sustainable animal and a more sustainable operation. And as we look at, you know, we know consumers are looking and desiring sustainability, definitely packers, processors, retailers, they all want to increase their sustainability in, in the products they, they procure and how they operate their businesses. So that's a really interesting, I think, place to be at where we think there could be some opportunity there. Um, but of course, a lot of this is going to depend on data and making sure we have data that and research um, to see what kind of claims that we can make. So before we go out and start creating something, a lot of what we'll be doing, we'll be looking into data, finding out what, you know, what, what the data says, what we have, what data we do, do we need to find um, so that we can create that message, that story based on facts. Absolutely. Do you think consumers will pay more for a sustainably raised product? I know there's obviously a lot of pressure at a corporate level and a lending level in many cases. Do you feel like that echoes out to consumers or is it more of an area to concentrate on those within the chain to start to satisfy needs of shareholders? I think the latter first, for sure. I think as you see those organizations being pushed to become more sustainable, I think that's a, a maybe a little bit of a low hanging fruit. Um, consumers, I think, do to some extent, but the research and data shows that maybe when it comes down to it and, and, and people are pressed, from a budget standpoint, you know, it's a nice to have, but a lot of times people choose the more economical product. So, you know, that's something that's a nuance that we have to think about and, you know, how that story is told and whether that's a consumer message entirely or not, I don't know. Um, there are certain segments of consumers that do. So a lot of this is finding the right consumer segment to match our product with, not just to totally put it out to everybody. You got to find the right folks that are going to buy it and, and understand the worth for something. So, you know, it, it's something we're early on in and we have a lot more research to do and looking into this aspect. Very good. I'm glad you said that because I was going to say we really need to figure out who is our target audience um, that we need to be pushing this high quality product to. Is that retail stores? Is that the food service side? Um it, it, there's so many avenues that we could go with a program like this, but that's just something that we need to kind of look at all the, what kind of data we can get um, and, and really understand who we need to target. And then we'll kind of go from there on developing that, that program specific for that audience. Yeah. And when it comes to creating demand too, um, as Stacy said, it, it's, it may not be just one direction that we go. There could be multiple arms to this, you know, several pieces of the puzzle um, that we're working on at the same time. Um, so in order to accomplish, you know, what we're tasked with doing and as an organization, 
um, there could be several routes that we could take at the same time to address the demand. Wonderful. What might that start to look like? Do you think it starts to look like a branded product? Do you think it looks like additional aspects? Any early thoughts as we start to, to hone in on what the demand piece starts to look like? I'll, I'll just say, Stacy, feel free to jump in. I, I think everything's on the table right now. Part of what we're doing is really looking at the broad landscape of where this could potentially end up. Um, but you know, we're not necessarily at the point where we're able to, to knock certain things out of the running. I think it's, it's being objective about saying where the where consumers are at, where are the retailers and restaurants are at, what are the packers doing, what's the entire, taking really a 360 view of everything so we can be objective about where we can market the product. Well, Stacy, share some of your insights coming from a, a purebred uh, operation growing up, certainly have some additional experience in and around having a cow-calf operation, looking at a backgrounding aspect to it as well. Um, tell me a little bit about what you see in terms of opportunities there and some of those insights that you glean to pull out and, and bring into this in terms of promoting the Charlet breed? So just being a producer myself, um, that is my my end goal really is to help that producer and help that producer sell their cattle because that's at the end of the day what I want to also do. Um, so honestly, it fulfills me and it drives me to be able to create a program like this for these producers. Um, in the short amount of time that we've been here, uh, David and I have gotten um, the chance to meet several breeders and they have just been so supportive and enthusiastic of what we're doing here. And it's uh, it's really been so motivating for us to do the best that we possibly can for them. Uh, so really that's kind of what is striving me to create the best program uh, for the Charlet breed in order to create demand for them. Um, and at the end of the day, help, help them sell uh, their genetics, their bulls, their feeders, uh, what have you. But um, that's kind of what's been fueling me as a producer. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, and that brings up a good point. You know, are there any insights, you know, as you're starting to think about your outside objective look at Charlet breed within the beef industry, I guess this certainly goes to either one of you, you know, knowing that we're going to be making breeding decisions at seed stock level this fall and spring, where we'll be marketing those bulls in two years, seeing calves hit the ground in three years, actually harvesting, you know, progeny from those bulls down into the future. You know, as those breeders are thinking about their breeding objectives, I guess, what would you share with those folks uh, as we're thinking about adding value to those Charlet genetics, but also from an out from a from a, a bit of an outside perspective, not that you're outsiders necessarily, but um, what, what would you uh, convey to those breeders as they're starting to think about those breeding objectives this fall? That's a good question, Brett. I would just really say, for what we're doing on the meat quality side, and that's kind of what our objective is, is to push this potential Charlet influence beef program. Uh, so really David and I are looking at um, the quality of the beef that's going to be our product that we're going to be creating this program for. So uh, that's where my head is going is really honing in on those terminal traits that the Charlet breed does so well. So that feed conversion, um, just and anything that can kind of elevate that product to create a really tender, lean uh, uh, beef product at the end of the day that can put more pounds on quicker than than the average, I'll say black-hided uh, calf that's maybe in the pen next to them. But that's just kind of 
some initial thoughts uh, that I have there. I don't know, David, if you had anything else you wanted to add. No, I think I think you said it well. Um, keep doing what you're doing, and and know that we're we're working on it. And um, yeah, I think you said it really well, Stacy. Wonderful. Well, tell me again. Uh, you know, as we're looking towards the fall, what else do you guys have kind of teed up? I know it sounds like we're gonna be looking at a lot of different aspects of research, probably uh, quite a bit of travel, like say, continuing on with those meetings. Um, share with me a little bit more about kind of what you see unfolding here in the upcoming months. Yeah, I'll, you know, as you said, I think you nailed it on the head, research and interviews, meeting a lot of folks, both inside and outside the association. Um, so, you know, I think we're looking for knowledge and insights. We're looking for opportunity nuggets, places that we need to dive deeper into and explore. So it's really an exploration phase at this moment. Um, and, and, you know, so, so gosh, any, anyone who's listening to this, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to make connections if we haven't already have a quick call with you. Um, I think that's definitely um, valuable, you know, looking at data, seeing what research is out there. We hear a lot of claims, but um, you know, we know if we're going to go to market, we need to have data to back that up. So um, part of that is, is, is looking at uh, looking at research and insights that are out there. Same time, keeping a good close eye on what the consumer is, is looking for in product and understanding that's our final target market. And um, you know, finding the consumer segments that match up with what, uh, what we're producing as a breed uh, is going to be key as we go forward. Do you feel like some of those consumer aspects of demand may be evolving at this time? I know we touched on sustainability a little bit earlier. Obviously, quality grade has been such a huge driver in the marketplace. But what do you feel like in terms of your crystal ball? Do you you sense any other headwinds out there in the marketplace that that are maybe going to impact us as we start to think about the next two to three years? To me, the, the biggest thing right now is the economy and inflation and how that impacts demand. Um, you know, whether consumers are trading down to other proteins or trading down the meat case to lower cuts, um, just keeping a close eye on that. And some of those, you know, worldwide economic factors that, you know, we can't change, but we have to work within that. So that's, that's one that, uh, it's tough to call it, but I think that's a huge impact with what we're doing, you know, and look, and obviously the producers and the higher input costs and, you know, higher costs to, to run their operation impacts everything too. And everything along the chain is so interdependent and that's something we have to remember. Well, I know you guys mentioned it, but obviously your door's always open to input. Your door's always open to ideas, particularly from the membership. And so how would a, a member get in touch with you guys? What's the best way to reach you both? Yeah, uh, go ahead, Stacey. Uh, so my email uh, to reach me is srinker, R-I-N-C-K-E-R, at charleusa.com. And likewise for me, you can give me a, a, send me an email. My email address is d-b-i-s-e-k at charleusa.com. And I think... Again, both Stacy and I would love to hear from you. And you know, this is the opportunity to, to connect with us. And we're looking forward to meeting so many more of the members um, you know, of the association here in the next coming weeks and months. Wonderful. Well, Stacy and David, thanks so much for joining the Charlotte USA podcast today. We certainly appreciate your time and insights as we look towards some exciting new paths ahead when we think about promoting the Charlotte influence within the beef industry. Uh, again, feel free to reach out to these great folks if you have any questions, if you have any ideas. Thanks again for tuning in to the Charlotte USA podcast. 
we'll look forward to talking to you next time.